Yep. Welcome back. Uh, Saturday with Curly J and the Audio Waves podcast and things. Um, today we're doing a Meetings of the Minds number number three with uh, Luke. He's back. He's right here. Showing him in a second. Oh, there he is. Um, yeah, we're going to just be kind of talking about new realities and hanging out a little bit. And we'll uh, see what happens. What's up, man? Nice to see you. How you been? Always, bro. Beautiful day. Chilling. Nice weekend in between the snow in the middle of fucking winter. So I think we're going to hit a little more tonight. But we got a little break. Three or four days ago, it felt like New England. And I don't like that shit. So I'm happy the sun's out again. And enjoying that but yeah i'm just chilling man excited to talk about some stuff i have a few questions for you on on recent things we've discussed so we'll get into it cool man yeah i'm not a big fan of the cold either um it's been freezing here we had some like uh, i lost some hot you know water and power and shit. i don't mean to just like talk about the fucking weather but it was it was like in the negatives all last weekend i have a friend who lives right up in the, the mountains off the in the foothills like on the front range right where we live and on i feel like it was saturday night the the guy's truck froze the antifreeze in his truck froze because it was negative 32 degrees up there just insane and like i know that's everywhere like texas getting fucked right now but that just had me geek like how's the antifreeze gonna freeze (laughs) it makes sense because i don't know shit about mechanics but it's half water half antifreeze so if the ratio is a little off your fucking antifreeze will freeze (laughs) that's how goddamn cold it was so yeah i'm just appreciating the sun today man beautiful yeah uh i think the, our pipes froze and like we lost water for a couple of days this week and i think the guy said it was like the coldest that was the coldest day on record in this specific area colorado yeah that's interesting so i don't know if like the temperatures are just getting more extreme like you believe in global warming right what do you think about climate change and all that shit Obviously, the climate is changing in a a warming trajectory. The thing that gets confusing as fuck for me, because I don't understand a lot about that side of science, is like how it gets way colder some places where it's getting hotter globally. And what it seems to me from like a very surface level, it's just making more extreme weather patterns all over the world like places are freezing you get more storms weird stuff like texas shouldn't be snowing like that's not what texas is supposed to do the same way like it shouldn't be warm as fuck up in canada it's so we're getting just like weird extremes just kind of scary i can't lie but it's also it's just like the nature of a changing planet especially when you have humans crawling all over it so i'm not mad about it but it is it's it's kind of sketchy i can't lie random ones we're talking about like natural events did you see that shit i think it was siberia i'm sure on the siberian tundra they have all these giant like crater looking holes are popping up and by popping up i mean fucking exploding and then they're there they have a massive amount of methane trapped under the like the the frosty tundra and that shit for some reason is getting like too much pressure and just blowing it's insane yeah look that shit up bro it's just like giant it looks like just craters and they're fucking huge and they just fucking explode in the middle of the siberian tundra 
yeah i don't know like how frequent or anything like that if it's like long but i just saw a story the other day i thought it was cool but yeah it was uh it's wild man yeah my uh i was reading a little bit about that the other night like uh extinction events that have happened that we kind of know about through history and it seems like um the last like major extinction of extinction event was like the ice age and what happened was everything kind of like died at, at the edges and migrated more towards the equator and from what i was reading like what's gonna happen now with our, our climate crisis or whatever like the hypothesis is the next extinction event will be the opposite of that. So it'll warm everything up and we'll actually be going more towards the poles and like a bunch of things, you know, happen that affect the earth in between that with sea levels and all that. But yeah. yeah I don't want to overlook the ecosystems and all that at all, but just to put it in a human perspective, what I read about it is it's just going to make humans gravitate towards other areas. Like you said, like, where people can survive in the Sahara and shit now, and people always will, like we can survive anywhere with the tech we have. It's not gonna be sustainable for any sort of larger population and it'll just shift out, but it's not like not, the earth isn't gonna get crisp and like there's nowhere that's habitable even very far in the future. It's gonna shift populations around. What it does to the wildlife and the planet and that's the whole ecosystem, that will be fucked. But as you just mentioned, it's not like that's something that doesn't happen. It's, this isn't like a justification for it, but it's just the nature of change. Currently, we're the catalyst for the change. That's why where it gets weird, but that's just how, how it goes. Like, there's been more biodiversity in the past. There's been higher oceans, lower oceans, more or less, all that shit. So it's just is what it is. And unfortunately, this is what doesn't get talked about enough. As much as we need to certainly make some major changes because we're just polluting the fuck out of stuff, I think that's what we should be focused on. Like, don't pollute the the natural water sources. Don't blast so much pollution into the sky. When you put it in the the climate change framework, honestly, bro, like, who isn't on board? You know what I mean? You're running. I know. I know there are actually a lot of people. When you run into someone like that, you're like, all right, well, you're not that informed on fucking anything. Like, don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> but my mom's kind of like that. She uh, she's like, I don't believe in climate change. I'm like, well, you turn the lights off when you leave the house? Like, you recycle? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's, you believe in it on some level. It could tell me, like, nothing's changing, you know? Yeah, what I'm saying is, unfortunately, the issue of climate change, whether you're on board or not, it doesn't really matter because things in the distant future aren't very motivating for humans. It's like, and a lot of people talk about it, and if you ask anyone's opinion, if they're a decent person, like, yeah, of course, I don't want generations down the line to be fucked but it doesn't actually motivate them to change shit right in front of you, or at least it's like relevant to your near future motivates most people. If you're like very well thought out and like to plan ahead, maybe you can skip some decades. And I want to talk to you about some investing stuff later. It's more relevant to things like that, but that's just the reality of it. There's been a goddamn global campaign about this. Everyone's on board. That doesn't make anyone want to change shit. It makes people want to talk about it and that's not a bad thing at all like the, the awareness is necessary is like the very first baby step but that doesn't really do anything whereas i think issues that are really closer to people like that you don't want to have dirty water or you don't want to be breathing smog all day or whatever that's 
in my opinion, more motivating for people in their general area. And then you get more people on board with that. It has the exact same effect that we're looking for as far as carbon emissions and all that. And the I don't know. I mean, it is a macro level thing, but carbon credits are getting real popular right now. That's something a seed that got planted back with Al Gore and his whatever that doc was called. And now they're basically enforced for most of the world. I just heard, uh, damn, where did I hear it, that China was actually making some really positive environmental moves where normally what I hear from probably bullshit news sources is that, like, no, China doesn't give a fuck. We're trying to cut emissions. And then, like, countries like China, India are just, like, blasting whatever they want out of these industrial factories. Fortunately, it sounds like that's not the case. So maybe I was just unaware, but it sounds like they're being more proactive about large scale emissions than we are, which I thought was kind of dope because I just hadn't heard that before. Yeah, um, I spent some time in Australia that they were much more further along with like um, getting, I think it's being carbon neutral is like the term. Yeah, like working towards that all just like green, sustainable buildings and things like that. And I was in like, 2011 so that was like 10 years ago and they were already doing that kind of stuff and at the time i'd never even heard of any of that in the united states you know um do you think do you think humans are more are are in this like space of just talking about wanting to talk about things more than take action towards things didn't you just describe politics, bro? <laughs> like, isn't that, yeah, I feel like that is done so much. And it's easy to say, like, from a, a low-level outside perspective, I know things have to be debated, but goddamn, that seems to be all there is. Like, when you have someone running for a high-level political office, I've never heard a campaign platform that got, came even close to someone achieving those things. And when people act like take that stuff really serious, like he said, he's going to do this. I'm like, but he's not when he gets in office. Like, I don't care who it is. I don't care if you, it doesn't matter if you're a dictator of a country, you're not just going to be able to roll out your plan word for word. That's not how things work on a larger scale. So yeah, I think that that is a massive problem and it's, uh, it's never going to be perfect by any means, but that could be improved a lot. Like mainly just by accountability. Like when public figures say stuff, people, holding them to their word or not reelecting them because far too often you get people who just talk their shit and do nothing and people are like but they've had a good idea like i i don't give a fuck if you had a good idea if there's no action behind it it doesn't do any good for anyone so yeah i think 100 percent on that there's it's, it's very common and i don't want to put that all on some fucking global stuff like we all do it we've had this conversation person to person so like we'll we talk about we're going to do something and then we never do it and we've talked about why that's like a negative thing interacting with your friends and it's usually because of some low-key shit like it'd be as simple as like we plan on going to check something out in the mountains and then we both like you have a busy day i have to work schedules don't line up and it's three four five months down the road we haven't done something like here's one that we we better fucking do it this uh this summer bro that we so we tried to do a a pretty intense hike like that was almost two years ago like james peak or some shit and like completely underestimated the conditions and the weather and we saw it was a a cool spot for sure we hiked up it's off like saint mary's glacier for anyone in the the denver colorado area it's a real popular spot hike up above that 
you get to like a big it's almost like a valley in between mountains and then we wanted to hike up to like the big peak above that which is a a pretty hard trail and i'm didn't make it so we made it up to like this valley decided to cruise back down and we're like we're gonna go back we didn't do that this summer because you have like a maybe like six week window where the snows melted at the end of the summer beginning of fall where you'd have to hit it we didn't get around to that so we better fucking do it this year bro yeah yeah i'm uh i'm much more on the keeping my word wave these days yeah it's part of like becoming a man for me is like doing shit i'm gonna say you know and that's that's kind of um that's like a newer thing for me but yeah we're not supposed to be friends based on like because we were supposed to go, I think, this past summer. Yeah. But the pandemic hit, so that's kind of like, and I just had a shitty year last year. It was like yeah, very, I'm not, I'm not you know. But yeah, we still like, we we had multiple points where we committed to doing that and we still haven't gone. And we've even been on other hikes in the meantime. But yeah, we, that's still just sitting there, you know, for us to, to commit to, yeah. I really like, um, one more thing. I, I really, I got it. Just so you guys know, I had a second microphone and it didn't work when I set it up today. So we're fucking passing this thing like idiots right now. So just excuse that weirdness. Um, but I love what you said about, uh, accountability. I think that's huge. I think the reason people can just say whatever the they're thinking and think it doesn't matter and even if it's just total BS, it just, it happens and nothing happens afterwards. There's no like, okay, you just totally lied. And this isn't just, I'm not talking about just politics, any leaders. There's like no, not much accountability across the spectrum for leaders currently. You know, I really like what you had to say about that. Well, just a, a small tag onto that that we've talked about before, but I think is really important. It's not about just trying to, it doesn't start with just following through with everything you say, because for most people, that's legit going to be impossible. We all say all kinds of shit. You're going to meet someone here. You're going to try to do this, travel here, whatever. It's just too many things. It starts with not saying things that you already know you weren't going to do. Not saying like, yeah, I'll probably meet you Thursday when you know you're not going to do that shit. You know you're going to get busy that day. You have some other stuff going on. Only do only give your word on something when you're fairly certain that you can follow up. And then that's where the accountability comes in. But if you get to like, I have to follow through on every little thing, no one's going to do that. You know what I mean? Because most people speak offhand all the time. Like we both do that shit. Damn, everyone I know does it, man. You know, like I'll do this, do that, talk about this. Half the shit I say I'm going to do, I probably forgot. I didn't even mean to not do it. I just legit got onto something else. You know what I mean? And it's... It's that simple concept that gets beat to death, but like it's actually rare for people to put in place. You just have to be able to say no. Like if someone asks you to do something or if you feel like a lot of people feel like they should do things and feel guilty for not doing this or that, you're fucking yourself if you're putting unnecessary pressure about things you're never going to do. So like the easy examples I always like to fall back on because I'm a, a health nerd. People are always saying they want to do this workout or this diet or whatever, and they know damn well they're not going to do it. So the only result is now they feel bad about themselves. So not only have they not made any progress towards the, the positive thing that they initially wanted to do, they're in the same place and they feel bad, which is trash. So it's like the classic New Year's resolution example. Instead of being like, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week, be like, I'm going to go one or two. I'm going to I'm going to have like 
cook two or three healthy meals a week because if you try to go all in on shit like that and that's just like a a minor example you're not going to follow up then you feel shitty because you weren't accountable and no one likes that feeling a lot of us do it but it, it, it makes you feel like trash so i think it starts with weeding out the stuff that you already fucking know you're not going to do and then being pretty rigid about following up on the stuff that you actually commit to i think what you're talking about is like self accountability really you know if i'm because no one's gonna do that for me right and i know exactly i've been doing that so much there's so many things i want to do in a given day and i like expect a lot of myself and if i don't get around to it all i totally i feel shitty right or like um even yesterday i needed a ride to go to denver and i wanted to be able to do that um and historically I might've been like, yeah, I'll see you at three 30 and not thought about the other stuff I had going on. And then when that time came, I would've been like, shit, I'm in the middle of doing this. I can't make it. But with in this instance yesterday, I was like, okay, well holding myself accountable is like, this is where I'm at realistically with how my day is going with work. Let me just communicate that to Luke. Hopefully you can get another ride. I'll still try to make it work for that time. I let you know that I would know by or like around noon how my day was going and let you know. And I did that and it felt way better. You know, I didn't feel like, of course, I wanted to help a homie out, but I didn't feel shitty about like not being able to do it and committing to it. And as a result, because I committed to it and didn't do it, I'm not feeling good. You know? Yeah, bro. And that's why I hit you back. Cause I texted you for a ride that was not essential to me. And just to clarify, I was going to pick up a car I buy, right? I'm right. not rocking with no fucking vehicles. I was going to pick up a, a new car and I got off in, I, I got off work at, at like three on a fucking Friday. So I'm trying to find a ride down there. I hit you up, but it was not like an essential, like I can't figure this out if I can't get you to drive me. So I'd hit you back because I could tell instantly just when you texted me back, you already felt bad and you're like, now you know, like, shit, I have to rearrange my, my day because like we've both been there for each other on shit like that. We've helped each other move. We've driven each other all over. Like, yeah, I'm down to do that for you if it makes sense. This was not like a big important thing. If I was like, bro, I got to go to the ER. Can you rearrange your fucking day? I so I go, yeah, I- you would have. This was not <laughs> that. So I had to hit you. I'd be like, bro, it's like zero issue. If you don't and then you hit me back with exactly what you said which makes sense you're like i'll figure out the day and i would every single time unless it's something essential to me would rather have you working than rearrange your day to come help me with some shit you, you can come help me another time when you have free time you know what i mean i want like as as my friend i want you to stay focused and do what you need to do so it's uh yeah that, and that's a it's another just like very basic example but a perfect way to do it because it, it starts with the small shit with with almost everything, but especially with accountability issues. Like I said, people tend to want to jump to the big st- stuff like I'm well, I'm going to do this move. I'm going to make such a big life change this year, all this. And then when you actually come to it, it's so overwhelming. It's very unlikely to happen. You start just chipping away at the little stuff, like saying what you're going to do on a day to day basis and then following through, whether it's like personal schedule or something you committed to with someone else then it just builds up and it gets way easier to do the big stuff. And then when you, you really hone in, you're like, all right, this is really important. I want to do that. You're more likely to be successful. I like that, man. It, what's come to, it, it's becomes kind of simple for me in the sense that like, I'm just not even going to say I'm going to do something unless I'm going to do it. It's that simple. Like I, if I'm going to say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. That's my word. 
I keep my word. I don't want to be full of BS. I want to, you know, commit to that. And if I don't hold myself accountable in those in that way, no one else is going to. And I don't even know if like certain like you holding me accountable for not doing that would even work or like like a father figure being like, you got to do this. You know, this is how you do it. That doesn't even necessarily work for me. Like people just telling me how to live my life, you know. So it seems like all the accountability is really up to man, just being like a good person and being self-aware, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes you feel good too. And that's what it will like perpetuate the process and make you follow through with, with more things. But yeah, I think it's just how we're wired, bro. And probably why we're, we're such good friends. Like, yeah, if someone's like, Hey, you have to do this, like outside of getting paid a lot for it instantly, I'm still like, have that stupid little kid mentality. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not not doing that. Sure. Like I just, that's just not, I just like to like to independently come by my motivation. So it's not, like I said, if it's something important that I've signed up for, yes, I can still follow through on someone else's direction. But personally, I don't feel like I function best that way when I'm trying to be accountable to someone else. Yeah. And I, I think there's another piece here where like we as, we as like people need to hold our, our leaders accountable to like, um, I don't know, say you go to like ecstatic dance on Sundays and there's the leaders leading the class every Sunday and there's hundreds of people there, you know, there's the hundreds of people should be holding the leaders accountable, right? If they're like, we're going to have class and they don't show up or they say something that's not okay. There's no one to hold those leaders accountable besides themselves or the the people they're, they're kind of serving. But I feel like sometimes it gets to a point where that people are af- afraid to hold their leaders accountable because they end up on this pedestal, you know? Yeah, and ignore when they're not, which is yeah where we started with this. But yeah, it's just a little day-to-day shit for me, bro. That's all I'm trying to work on. But yeah, enough of that because it just keeps distracting me. I want to talk about the new painting that you're working on right behind you. Which I think it was just in the corner at the beginning. You don't have to pull it over. I'm sure you've you put up, well, I know you put up progress pics on that. I'm just curious. Tell me about the, the layers and the Yoda is fucking dope. Tell me about how it comes together because do you go... Is gray first, or do you go with that like reddish tint? Not the one we see there. I've just seen it on other paintings. Like, what's the base layer, and then where do you go from there? Uh, oh, shit. So this is kind of. I want to talk about this for a sec. Actually, I've thought about it a lot the past couple of days. Um, before I get into like the technique of the painting, you made me think of something. So we've been. I've been trying to like. Y- y'all know we've been here. Oh, by the way, shout out Christy and Kelsey. They're they're actually here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when we started streaming, it was primarily just because I wanted to make art and paint, right? And like help me to stay motivated to do that. Now that I've been doing it, I'm realizing streaming art sucks. Like it's it just the only sh- art streams that do well and that people kind of enjoy watching are digital art streams. And that's not necessarily my thing. And I just do so much on the computer. Like I was thinking about the art stream for tomorrow. And I was like, I don't even want to look at the screen. And like, I want to paint. And I don't like recording it all and talking to chat. 
and like trying to paint is way too much so i might just stop the painting streams on sundays well the art creative streams and merge it into i'm going to do everything on saturdays and that'll be whatever it's going to be but i think the way i got to do like my painting stuff is all just video stuff like like what you just asked me in a time lapse or some kind of other content you know that's that's more of a short film kind of thing but i'm realizing painting like live is just not a thing that is very entertaining or engaging or i really want to do consistently i think it's okay periodically but yeah i'm really struggling with like what to do with the art streams because i'm not the best drawer i'm not the the gangster digital artist who's worked for 80 blizzard studios or whatever and i don't enjoy that stuff as much as i do paint like i'm the i'm the painter guy so like doing that as content for art seems like streaming it is not once in a while is fine right like i'm getting more to the color i'll pop it on stream cool but like consistently each week i don't think it's something we can do and it's kind of bumming me out and i'm hoping i can figure something else out but i'll still be making like painting content elsewhere just for the live streams i don't I don't know. What do you think about that before we get into like what's going on here? I agree completely, bro. I personally, I don't do any art. It's probably something I should get into, but I don't at all. I can, like appreciate it for sure. But the only kind of videos that catch my attention are the time lapse painting. I think those are cool as fuck. And if you you could right. do it like layer by layer, whatever. I also feel like one, if you don't enjoy it, you're not gonna do it as much. And if, yeah, if you don't feel like it's good content, then absolutely, there's no point in blasting it out. It takes too long, man. Yeah. It takes way too long. And the most important thing... I spent six hours on Baby Yoda's head, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yo, it's not... It's straight demotivating if you're like, I have to set this stream up that I don't really want to do to just paint, as opposed to you can just sit down and paint. Right. and just go for it like you'll probably paint less the camera on there and make yeah later. exactly and easier. chop it up make it look cool with some edits and shit but if you're demotivating yourself to paint like the result is you paint less it doesn't matter i mean you should absolutely be do what just try different edits you know what i mean time lapses whatever yeah, even still shots no, of the that. the different phases i i dig that totally that's gonna happen for sure and Andrew in chat just said, my experience, so many people don't want to watch the grind, and that's what painting's about. And I really agree with that. I think there's there's this huge thing with painting that there's this mystique about it, right? I go in the lab with a blank canvas, and I come out, and you can't even tell if it's a picture or not, right? Like, there's this, there's this like, magic around it, right? Um, but I'm, 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 con I'm in a space where, like, our creative stream, the live streams, the videos will still happen, all that stuff. But I mean, the, for live streaming art content, I think I'm at an impasse where we can just do occasional, occasional painting, occasional practices. And really our content's lives gonna be more of this, more health and wellness and discussions and human driven things. What do you think? And just talking, man. Also, you could could mix some shit up, have some audio over painting footage. Because, no, no. like I said, I, I do Again, feel like... I, I'm, 
this is the live yeah, yeah. stream art. This could this is just the outside perspective. Like maybe for other painters, it's much more engaging just watching some like. And I appreciate that comment too. But watching someone grind for me as a non-artist, that's never going to catch my eye. I'm never going to sit down and watch all that. But I do really appreciate the end result. And when I do see like those time lapse something, but I'm like, that's hella cool. Like, and it gives me a tiny little insight. Like, it's still I'm never going to know how many hours and all the detail that goes into it. But I also this is just being real because I'm not a painter. I don't want to. That's in the same way. There's right. there's shit I do that it's not worth explaining to someone who's who's not into it like putting hours into to whatever it is like it's not that's just not going to be engaging for for someone who's that's not not like one of their interests so yeah i like it bro i think you should phase away from that and i think you'll probably paint a little more and then come out with some some cool videos off it too yeah i dig that man yeah cool so that kind of answers that yeah so we're gonna kind of stop um not stop but we'll tone it down a little bit and we'll make our saturday streams longer so we'll have saturdays with the curly j and we'll just fucking we'll do everything in one day we'll have a discussion maybe do some practices whatever else but yeah i think uh stopping the sunday creative streams is just like it's way too much effort for like no no gain doesn't feel that good yeah and uh yeah i love that It'll make the other videos very dope. I have some very awesome ideas for like animated reality type stuff. So like literally like wave of wand at my painting and then each kind of layer is done maybe. That kind of stuff, you know? That's way more engaging to watch than like six hours of me working on Baby Yoda's head. Even as an artist, that is like hard to watch, man. That is, yeah, yeah. You even go go to the art chatting, art, art section of Twitch right now. There's like, the top traditional artist is like a hundred viewers, you know, it's just not, it's not, there's no market for live streaming that shit. I'm realizing it's kind of bumming me out, but it's okay, man. Yeah. So what's going on with this painting? What was your question? All right. You wanted to know what the, what's the first layer and what's the base. So my process, there's a, there's four distinct layers of paint. So there's a, a brown kind of sepia toned underpainting, which you saw as like reddish. Um, side note, like I personally, yeah, whatever. Um, so there's there's a brown kind of underpainting, and I do that mostly with uh, I don't know any kind of brown tones really of paint would work, and I use a um, paint thinner medium for that. Um, for that layer of paint then i'll let that dry and then i'll do the it's what's called grisaille layer so i'll get all of my values and tones kind of right so that's all the gray you see it kind of looks bluish it's actually it's actually a mix of all uh black and white but it's actually blue in color so i do that to get all my values right like, like I'll build like all this stuff. It's, I know it's hard to see in the stream, but I'll have to build all this stuff up, right? From like the darker tones all the way up to the lighter tones and all in between. So I'll lay out different values of the black and white and then paint it all on. 
and this it'll end up with this whole so this will be my second layer this grisaille layer so this will all be covered in the black and white and it'll look bluish right once that's dry i can do glazes of color so that's when the painting starts to look real dope that's layer three layer three right and so that involves like tons of glazes of transparent color and then literally like working all the more opaque paint in to the glazes and just tons of layers of that. <laughs> so that's the third layer. And then the fourth layer I'd consider um, highlights as so I go through with like, you know, some zinc white or titanium white, do little dings and make it really pop, you know? And there's this like, there's uh there's like diffused highlights where they look more kind of washed out. And then there's those brighter highlights. Like you, you see a shine off metal or something, or like in your eye, that, that ding kind of a highlight. Yeah. That's not like a diffused highlight. Diffused highlight would be more like you'd see on your skin kind of softer highlight, you know? Um, but yeah, four, so four layers Brown, I'll transfer my, like I'll do a sketch, figure out what the painting is. Um, then transfer that to the canvas under the Brown is all white gesso paint. This is actually oil ground white gesso on Baltic birch wood panel. So boom, that's white. Boom. Um, brown underpainting. Boom. Grisaille over that. Boom. Layer of, of color over that. And then highlights. And then that's essentially how the, uh, that's like the Venetian Italian Renaissance painting technique, pretty much like how Rembrandt painted and all those gangsters. And now it's like a little evolved and such. And there's other like um, more Northern Renaissance, I think, techniques that I'm trying to incorporate into the painting. So it allows you to paint more like right. So I can like block off parts of this and leave it white exposed instead of the brown and just paint on that. And it, the effect will be different. So it'll have like a way more luminous kind of like um, jelly glow, for example, because it's just on top of that white and going straight to color instead of all the layers building up, right? But I found like it's impossible for me to make anything as like realistic and surreal um, as my current work if I just start painting right to the canvas. I have to do, like I have to do it in these layers. It just doesn't look right. And even if I just use like too much white in um in the like like white's kind of the depth so if i use like too much white in the color part for example the whole painting just looks like washed out and kind of like chalky you know but it's like uh yeah man it's a lot it's a long long it takes a long time Yo, when you sketch initially, how do you figure out, do you have any kind of formula for like you lay a background and this many elements over or do you legit just sketch something that comes into your head? Or do you actually like pick features that you're like, I'm going to do a Yoda, I'm going to do this face, like you pick those elements or do they just come together in the sketch? Like you just sketch it and then decide how it'll transfer into the painting. Like, or do you have any kind of starting like process to... Um, this is trippy for me. I've never really gotten these questions as an artist, so I've never had to answer them. Um, 
it's 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 always kind of changing for me this one uh this this one specifically is very emotional for me so the, a lot of the elements in it are are personal and kind of like something i'm trying to communicate or express so the elements just kind of like came out of me it was like this is what it was kind of effortless in that sense but it was like i knew what i wanted in it and it was a matter of kind of putting the elements together on the painting and positioning them right in a way that i'm trying to express myself but there's also like i'll also do paintings where it's totally more like um like automatic drawing we did a couple of weeks ago free flow just hand always moving see what happens and try to make something out of that sometimes it's a combination of the two um the titan series is just inspired from the character i'd already made so that's more of like oh i already have like a hundred of these avatars I already made for this character titan digitally right so let me take one of those oh look he's fucking he's playing the piano now what's he doing? I don't know. Maybe he's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth. Nah, I don't know. He's got a cape on. You know, like you just start to have fun with it and imagine the world Titans in in that painting and that you know, it's like that series. Um so I find it I'm finding like I think it's always evolving what what's coming out in the paintings is ex is very expressive for me, you know. I definitely find a lot of uh, like personal or uh, sentimental or like meaningful objects coming out in the paintings. Um, you know, very occasionally something very impactful is going on in the world, and I want to throw that in the painting. Like there, are, one of the reasons there was a Titan sitting on a on the basketball, and um, millennial Bitcoin investor. Was because Kobe Bryant died when I was working on that painting. I actually had his daughter's jersey on the ground in that painting, but I had to get rid of it because I fucked up how I was doing it. But yeah. So on the sketch, there's no like background first. Like you didn't pick the the trees, like the horizon, and then throw the other elements over it. You just sketched it all all at once. <laughs> Um, so the, yeah, like this, this will all be sketched, everything, the background, all be sketched out, outlined beforehand. So I know where everything's going to be, right? And then I'll transfer it here. So yeah, not everything, you know, you don't have to stick to like exactly what's going on with your original sketch. That's what's cool about working in the layers too. It keeps evolving each layer. You can add stuff, change stuff. There's some points where you can't, there's like points of no return where you just can't, you gotta deal with it. That's how it is now, you know? Um, Do you have anything else on the painting, bro? Cause you answered my questions there. I don't want to segue unless you. No, I think that's it. That was helpful. I appreciate you asking. Um, but I think, yeah. The biggest thing that's just been in my head is like what to do about the art streams. But I think we worked that out. I'm still bummed that they can't happen, but I'm excited about the the art related videos, you know. But yeah, like something like this, even this is better to explain. What we just talked, literally just talked about, 
would be way better. Imagine a minute, a minute short, you know, and like little boom clip of me painting little parts of it, right? Mixing some paint and explaining the, vo imagine the voiceover of me talking through this. And then the painting's done and you get to see it, right? Like how much better would that be as a video than like us just sitting here and me being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's half done and like, you know, it's just like, it's just a weird, the art streaming thing is weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got around the painting stuff right now. Yeah, you just mentioned the last one, so it made me think of it. Bitcoin, bro. It's just crushing all time highs. I yeah, we got to. So it it's easy though, cause I don't have I don't have any money in Bitcoin, and I don't think you do either right now, do you? I mean, you don't have to say if you do either. Whatever. I, yeah, I don't, we don't. Yeah. Like yeah, I have a, a very small amount in in Ethereum, some other random coins. That's it. But Ethereum also crushing all time highs. Bitcoin seems to be like on the tipping point of getting the real institutional backing. And I don't mean fucking Tesla. That is hella dope. <laughs> Love Elon, but he's crazy as shit. Like that doesn't count. <laughs> it's getting big investments and all that. It's, I'm just fascinated by this. And like I said, I don't really have any stake in it. Like maybe I will at some point if I learn more about it. But it, uh, it's been on my mind all week because you sent me the original, what's it called? The Bitcoin paper. So yeah. Um, I've uh yeah, I've just been I, I think a lot of us have just been following this closely cuz it's gone so fucking crazy this year and when it's done this before it's, it hasn't lasted that long and dipped back down. Now this this crypto shit is just exploding everywhere and it seems like like I I'm certainly would expect it to to dip probably significantly again but it seems much more likely that this it, it keeps increasing in value in the near future and i want your opinion on that because you're you know more about the the back end of this because i still am barely understanding fucking blockchains and i mean like i understand you go on you be like i buy this much for for this much cash and then watch it go up or down what do you think Bitcoin is going to keep going up? Do you think it's going to get institutionally adopted? I know you think there's like, for, for example, you think Ethereum is a better blockchain than Bitcoin. Do you think something else will surpass Bitcoin or or what your current just I just want your opinion on the current state of crypto work. Don't act like there's not much going on. You're like, what? What, what do you mean? It, it's fucking it's everywhere right now. Every before, like when Bitcoin hit 20K or whatever, it got a lot of press. Like a lot of people heard of it. It was pretty common now. Like it doesn't matter. Old, young, whatever. You probably know what it is. I know hella people who have money in it just to play around in the same way. A lot more people seem to be wanting to fuck with stocks lately, too which is interesting. Like, I don't know, it's just a Robin Hood effect or whatever that, that shitty app is. <laughs> but yeah, I just want your opinion mainly on crypto. We can talk stocks if you want to. Okay. Um, this is kind of loaded. I, I need to preface this with, I am not a, like I have background in finance and programming, but like, I'm not, I'm not a certified hedge fund manager. I am not like, I, I'm just going to, don't listen to me. Okay. This is my opinions. All right. I have a, I have a portfolio on curlyj.com for free. You can go check it out and, and uh, analyze it all you want. Yeah. As I did it during the uh, 08 mortgage crisis. 
Yeah, it's all there. Totally public. You can download it. Mess around. It's like 30 pages of analysis and like daily logs and all this stuff. Yeah. Formulas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know about this stuff and I just had experience with it, but I'm not like a financial advisor. So just don't. I just need to say that, man. Um, yeah, my opinion right now of this stuff. What Bit is Bitcoin going up? Yeah, I think, uh, again, uh, and I stress this in our Bitcoin video from two weeks ago. This isn't, we're in a bubble. Yeah, yeah like in, in bubbles, everything is green. Everything goes up. So people get excited and they want to ride the wave, right? So they jump in, they invest. Um Say I bought Bitcoin right now, $56,000, right? And it goes up to $100,000. Great. Amazing. And then the pandemic ends and people realize this shit has no real value and it's institutionalized now. And maybe it's like, it's just really been adopted by governments and they're still taxing all the transactions and just isn't really what it's supposed to be. And it crashes, and you lose all your money that you invested into this thing during a bubble. Like that's the part. That's the this is the that's this is the part that I am most concerned about that people can't see really. So yeah, you see like everyone getting I mean, people are more excited about investing now, which is great. Build wealth. That's a great thing. Learn to build wealth. That's a great thing. Building wealth isn't like, oh, all of a sudden I have $1,000. I'm going to go trade it in a highly speculative market. It's not really building wealth. Like do more safe investments like ETFs or or earth stuff, more long-term stuff. If you're just looking to like make a quick buck right now because we're in a bubble and you are you don't have a lot of money, stay the fuck out of this thing, dude. This is my, my best advice. Because it's going to get to a point where everything crashes and all your money is going to be crashing along with it. It's just like, if you don't have money to, if you, if you don't have $10,000 to lose right now and you're investing that, you should take it out right now. If you're like relying on that to pay bills, you should take it out right now. If you have a problem with not getting that back, you should take it out right now. Um, short term, it's going to keep going up. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you a hundred percent where I think, and this is from, uh, again, I haven't really invested in much at all. I played around with a little, like some low level stocks when I was in college and was like, I'm not going to pay attention to this shit, pulled the money out and never fucked with it again. I put a, a little bit of cash in some random Ethereum based coins a while back. Nothing that I, I didn't look at it for like almost three years. I fucking forgot my logins and shit. I didn't reset all of that. It's annoying as shit. But it is, it's just super in interesting to me right now because it, I like the, the global aspect of it. And that's the most interesting thing, I think, and appealing for a lot of us about cryptocurrency in general is that if I don't want to fucking go to another country and then exchange my money for whatever their currency is and fuck with exchange rates. Why isn't we have the internet? There should be cash everywhere. And there is, you just have to jump through all these fucking hoops to get it and move it and all these stupid financial gains. So I agree with what you were saying. Of course, like I think it's absurd for people to 
put in small amounts of wealth they have that they actually need right now for their lives that's insane on something as volatile as bitcoin we all know like how crazy it's gone it's lost half its value in hours or gone whatever so for the people who aren't like that so someone is like pretend i'm like bro i have five five grand in in my bank that I don't want, like, I'll put in stocks, crypto, whatever. I don't care if I lose it. It's extra cash. I, I don't need it for anything. I'd like to grow into more money, and I'd like a big return. I don't want to just put it in an ETF because that's, like, I'm not. it's not my retirement money. I'm not trying to just grow it slowly. Like, I want to gamble with this, essentially. Would you have told me? Exactly. Yeah, in the same way. If I, yeah, exactly. Like, money, the same shit I would go to, to, to Vegas with cool. and have some fun. So, would that's you? That's how you should. This is how you should think of your money right now. You, your investment money, not like long-term retirement funds, what Luke just said. This money is gambling money, okay? No, and just my opinion, the stocks are the exact same way. I know there is more tangible value as far as analyzing companies, but there's a lot of coins that are doing functional shit too that you can can analyze like one of them that I thought was super cool back in the day, just a random little altcoin called VeChain. It started mainly as uh, like tracking food production, seed to sale. Now I think like BMW uses it for some of their manufacturing. It's just tracking shit on their blockchain. That's it. And I'm pretty sure it's Ethereum based. So I like that, but fuck all that, man. This is what I want to ask you. So if I had asked you that question, I was like, I want to gamble some money on crypto. And maybe I right at the beginning of this, you were like, sure, bro, put it in Bitcoin. It looks like it might shoot up. So I do that. In my opinion, and this is from someone who hasn't done it, so maybe if I actually had, I would have a totally different one. Would you tell me to take it out right now? And take if I put five in and got whatever I'm getting back now that it's at, at 56, which is, is what it hit this morning, would you be like, take it out now? Or would you be like, hold and just see what happens. Maybe it'll go to 100. I think people should take their cash out now. I know it'll go up a little more. Even if it's, I think they should take that shit out. Even if, even if they were gambling with it, and then I don't know, wait till it dips, put put it back in if you want to gamble more. If you don't, be happy getting your fucking money, and then go do something fun with it. If it's just shit, free money you got from gambling. Like I had, in this we probably all talked to someone like this, a really good friend who has done really well in his investments, and he works really hard and makes a lot of money. He's he's done it all right. He made, I don't remember, this was way back, like right after college. I feel like he made like 15 Gs off his his Apple stock and took it out. And then a month or two later, he was like, he was pissed. And he was like, yo, if uh, if I had left it in, I'd have 25 now. And I was like, yeah, but you got 15. So who gives a fuck? Like there's no, don't have that like missing out loss. Like that's, that shit is, is foolish to me. Yeah, like that's that it's yeah it's just it's, it's pure pure because you should just be happy with getting anything from like we said basically gambling like right. just be happy like i don't gamble i don't even really like that shit when i go to vegas what I, I put one one coin in a goddamn slot machine and i played a round of uh roulette i won one round of roulette i won like a 100 bucks and i was like cool let's go buy drinks with this extra fucking money i just got <laughs> like why would i and if I had lost it all, I would have been like, cool, let's go buy drinks with the money I brought to Vegas to blow. <laughs> like, it's all the same shit. Like, be happy if anything comes out of it. And what you said at the beginning is so important. Like, there's no guarantees in this shit. You're not going to put money in crypto and, like, definitely gain wealth. So it should be wealth that's 
just a speculative investment because that's literally what the shit is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I love gambling. I just, that's how my brain's wired. Not, yeah, not, I get highest from like putting the chips in, right? Like that moment before the gamble happens is when I get most excited, right? Like that, that moment, right? When everything's on the line, boom, that is like the, really the high. It's not necessarily winning or losing for me, you know? Um, yeah. So I've like, I do chase that a little bit in certain ways, I'm sure. But with this stuff, um, it's a little different because it's not so random for me. Like I have knowledge around, you know, I, th- I gamble a roulette, the wheel's spinning and the ball's going to land wherever the ball is going to land with the, with like crypto and stuff. I have more knowledge around the technology supporting these things you know, the history behind them, its intention, how it's being used. So I can have a little bit better perspective when I go gambling with, you know, in the real world, in the, in stock markets or crypto markets. If I had, if I had 10 G's to just gamble with right now, I would not touch Bitcoin at all. I think Bitcoin is headed for where I think it's going to end up like at zero. It's, it's going to end up just blowing up, dude. And if it doesn't, it will only be owned by billionaires. Literally only the top 1% can even afford to buy one Bitcoin right now. It's just like way beyond any normal person's, you know, Elon bought 1.5 billion in Bitcoin in January just because, you know. Tesla did. Yeah, right, right. Tesla did. And even that makes, that is the sketchiest move, dude. You start accepting payments in Bitcoin and the market crashes arbitrarily because the pandemic's over and people realize this shit is useless or whatever. Maybe it gets hacked. Anything, any number of factors happens that shakes up Bitcoin and it crashes and becomes worth nothing. What is Tesla? Like the 1.5 billion they just bought worth of Bitcoin is now worth what? Half of that, for example. And they're now they're accepting payments in Bitcoin. That's just crashed. Like, how does that, do you see how this creates a bunch of problems in valuation? Because like the actual value of Bitcoin is not based on anything real. There's no like actual factors driving the value of it. It's just so speculative to the point where it can be worth 20 G's today, 10 G's tomorrow. And just because of that, you have, your car is worth less, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Just quick question, bro. Out of all, and it's mainly Ethereum-based ones, and I know there's other blockchains too that are pretty popular. So what I think is cool, the ones I see, like I mentioned, the the seed to sale tracker and stuff like that, and a lot of similar things that people build on blockchain have a coin for it. And it's generally, it's certainly not as, say, stable as a stock, even though those are unstable. But someone builds something cool on an Ethereum blockchain it's dope it looks a little promising the value goes up a little of course it's volatile with the speculation and all that that's cool can you build things on the blockchain or is it just a way or on the bitcoin blockchain or is it just a way to transfer a currency like are there any cool tools you can build on it no uh bitcoin is just a cryptocurrency i know i know you're right it is trash yeah absolutely absolutely as no like with ethereum blockchain i could build bitcoin 
on the Ethereum blockchain. I could build, you could build a million things. It's, it's like, imagine what you want to build and you could build it kind of thing is like the idea with that. But with Bitcoin, it's just, it's just a cryptocurrency. It's a like digital currency and that's all it'll be. And that's all it is, period, right? Even the thing with like, there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin. We'll see if that ends up being real, right? Like, you, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, with the, I love that this, the, what's going on with this side of things is, so there's companies like AGI, I'm big on Ben Gersel's company, all AI machine learning based. Everything he's doing is on the Ethereum blockchain, right? This guy's already got Sophie, the robot walking around for the past, like five years, just talking to people, like collecting data, doing all you know, so I listen to guys like him who have been working with Ethereum for years and the things they're doing and building and imagining. And it's like nothing. It's like way outside the scope of just what a digital globalized currency solves. Right. So currently, yeah, Ethereum's rising to what is it like 16, 1700 right now? 19. Yeah, I think. Putting money into Ethereum right now is still safe because I'm totally hell bent on Ethereum will be the will be where Bitcoin is at some point. But also, let me go a little bit further on the other side of like these altcoins. I would look into you would have to do research, a lot of research, because this this stuff is so new with the altcoins. There's a lot of scams going on down at that level too. people. Yeah, right. There's just people like I, you and I can make write a white paper for a cryptocurrency and build it and throw it on the Ethereum blockchain and be like, this is the next thing, whatever. And it just just totally useless. And it's a scam. There's like scam coin. It's a whole term. So when you go down like that low, you got to be careful with what you're you got to do a lot of research into these companies and see if they're legit and what they're actually trying to do. And like so it can get really confusing. So there's things like um i'm just so like i think ethereum's still okay to invest in personally i would just wait for the crash to happen in the near future next like year or two everything will crash dude housing will crash stock it's inevitable right there's dips like you you don't save your money to buy into the wave in the bubble you save your money for when the pandemic hits march 2020 and everything is worth nothing. That's when you buy. That's when you go investing. And then everything comes up and we're in the bubble and you bought in right at the beginning, right? Right now is a really hard time to be doing this stuff because it's already just so everyone's investing. GameStop hype, Bitcoin hype. Elon's posting about Bitcoin every day. You know, so it's like this is scary waters for the normal everyday human being just trying to get by right now yeah yeah i think well that's of course true like it would be smarter to to wait for the opportunity in the market put your money in get better value i think really the hard part for people just from my observation is to sell it when they clearly have tons of profit just on i guess it's just like pure human ambition greed whatever you want to call it to be like well, i can make a little more make a little more and they usually wait till it starts to crash then sell and still then they get some profit probably less than if they just sold when they knew it was a good idea and 
and that, that's coming from someone who doesn't have any money in these kind of things. So if I did, maybe I would be one of those people. Like I'm not trying to, to talk like I'd be immune to that, but I would hope like if I, I know I'll do some investing in my future, my basic plan, very like new, just like the, the first thought is that like, I'm just going to plan. Like if I invest, like if I invest in Ethereum, I'm going to be like, if this hits 2,500, that's when I sell or whatever, like, just like, just make a sell point and stick to it. And not like, I don't care if someone says it's going to go to 50 grand in two weeks, I'm gonna be like, cool, well, I made $2,000. And that was good enough for me. Like, one of the most important things you can do uh, on most brokerages and trading platforms, you can set a stop loss limit for yourself. So say you bought bought $1,000 of Ethereum, you can set a limit so if it ever goes down, if I ever lose 3% of that investment, for example, or you can set it so it ever, if it ever goes below $1,500, for example, sell it immediately. I think everyone should have that protection in place. Like you shouldn't leave your account just infinitely open to a loss in hopes of it'll come back, you know? Because that's something, all the people that I've been reading about, friends I have, all that aren't doing that. They're for sure not these just small uh, like personal investments do the I would assume the larger financial institutions that's just stand like they would be like or of course like that's just set and probably like the micro percent for all those things. Just, it's just like you just have to think about there's a reason that these these financial like that this is there's so few billionaires there's like there's the only people in investing have millions and millions of dollars and there's so few of them doing it successfully is because the hardest part is knowing when to sell like the hard part isn't riding the wave and seeing when it's green and stuff the hard part is getting out when you're supposed to get out and from what my experience no like next to nobody knows when that is right and the people who do get like movies made about them, right? <laughs> like Wolf on Wall Street type of shit, right? Well, yeah, you're the like the Warren Buffett level investor, whatever. But if you're just doing like small financial moves on your own, I just don't understand why you wouldn't do that. If I'm like, I put in a small chunk of money, a couple thousand dollars, and I want to make whatever, 1500 off it. Why wouldn't I just set the fucking sell point at that and be happy with it? Like if it hits that. And you should put a loss too, like so. Then you only lose your two or five percent or whatever. That's just not how human brains are wired. Especially like, if you put thousand dollars into something and you watch it grow, to, I've seen even with this GameStop stuff, dude. Some people started investing kind of in the pandemic. I'm in this Discord channel with a bunch of like finance nerds, so we'll post like losses and gains, you know, for the day. Some dudes like slowly played smart, right? Growing their portfolio. Over the past like year or so, and you saw it's it like a thousand dollars grew to ten thousand, doing great. You know, twenty, thirty thousand. GameStop hype happened, and they dumped all their money to the GameStop stuff, and it crashed. And now their account—they lost ninety-five percent of everything they built their account up to. So like, once you do the the mind and like the human, like the greed factor, you see money, you start imagining what you could do with all that. How change your life all this stuff and like you just get sucked into that you know you, it's really hard when things are going so well to be like i'm done right that's where people are so dumb bro because it doesn't matter how much cash you have you're still looking at the same person in the mirror like it really everyone knows that like there's you said it's like a theme in movies it's like joked about and of course we, like, we would both love to have more cash absolutely 
it wouldn't matter. Like it wouldn't actually, you still have to deal with the same emotions, same thing. Yeah, some practical life things could technically be easier to a point, but you like, you tell me, bro, if you have 10 million, all these assets and say you have some real estate, that's not fucking easy. People, you're not just chilling in a fucking big crib, kicking back. You have to deal with all that shit. Like people act like that's why every single lottery winner ever, I heard of one and there's probably more of it. Every single one goes broke and fucks their life up. They get addicted to some shit. They, it, it, every single time because yeah, it, it comes, it's not, I'm not, don't, let's not even call it problems because it is dope to have a lot of wealth. No doubt. It comes with a lot of responsibility. And if yeah. you learn how to grow it, you probably learn how to be responsible for it too. But if you just get a lot of cash, unless you're just a exceptionally intelligent and like intuitive person, not only are you probably going to fuck it up, but even if you're smart enough to you know, get the right financial advisors to hang on to it, your life's not going to be fun. You're just going to be dealing with shit all the time. Like, and it doesn't matter if you're in a, a dope house while you're dealing with it. It's still no. going to suck. <laughs> Put any thought into a on uh, put any thought into coin collecting with the mintage figures of coins been lower than usual, so certain coins more rare because COVID promoting paying. Yeah, like this shit is just such a trap, man. Um, I do. If you're looking at all coins and stuff, it does help to see how many coins, like what the market cap for coins are. So if there's a lower limit, right? If there's only a hundred available of this altcoin in the same altcoin, there's a thousand available. I'm taking the one with a hundred because there's supply demand, right? Lower supply, there's only a certain amount of them. It'll get there quicker. Yeah, so I do like consider that a little bit when looking at altcoins. But even then, like, dude, I don't, I think I have money in like three, Three or four altcoins. Um, two of them are like pennies right now, or cents, and one's like twenty-five bucks. I think it was Chainlink and EOS. And I looked at EOS a bunch. But I'm still skeptical about. But just again, it's just I threw like a hundred bucks in there at both of them just to just to see, just to have some fun, you know. Uh. I don't know. The crypto stuff is very sketchy and very dangerous and like not easy. And yeah, you can make money. Yeah, you can lose money. Right where it's at this second is so hard because it's so bubbled right now. You know, I was looking at, dude, speaking of FOMO, I'd, I had bought like 10 Ethereum a year ago when it was like two, 200 bucks, something like that. Not even. It's like 80, dude, actually. And then the pandemic hit, went broke, had to sell it right before. The, this is right before this happened. So I look at that now. That's, that's like 10, 20 grand. Um, I'm pretty cool that now because I've, I've lost all my Bitcoin in 2011. Like I've had these, dude, I had Amazon stock in 08. You know, I don't have that anymore. So I've like, I've had gold and lost it a couple of times now. But also, like, I've, uh, I, yeah, I like, I believe, like, the just the path I'm on. The, I got this other thing cooking up right now, you know, about that I think is the one. I just think, like, things happen for a reason. You know, I don't like, yeah, I'm bummed. And I, when you obviously you can go there, like, oh, I could have had, yeah, 
could have been, I'm so dumb, you know, but like, yeah, no, it just didn't, you know, my time will come. <laughs> well, for sure, bro. And it might not be a specific time too, because this is just a, a quick little piece from an investing book that a friend recently encouraged me to read. And he gives a lot of good advice, just a lot of basic shit about like assets and liabilities that I wasn't aware of. Like I never learned that shit in school, but your biggest asset asset by far is your skill set and your mind. So it do, if you do get like you have a moment where you have whatever a stock or crypto that really pays off, makes you a lot of money, it, you could also potentially lose it somewhere down the road and whatever. Like it's just something happens and crashes. It's the ability to gain it again that should make you comfortable. Uh, I love that you said this. So this is my number one investment advice is invest in yourself. So go get go get more painting supplies, you know, buy a website, you know, invest in your brand or some personal marketing stuff. Like what what whatever business you're trying to grow and that kind of sustains your life, I would recommend reinvesting in that and growing that cuz that is a long-term investment that's in yourself. That's that's the highest return I've seen on anybody's money is throwing it back into what you're doing facts just my personal add-on is right hand in hand with that invest in your health because if you have like all this best financial success we're talking about and like your fucking back's blown out or you have some shitty disease you got to deal with it's still gonna suck <laughs> like if you and it, it's real easy to check the basic boxes like you know eat some good food and get some some time outside in the sun probably good <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a counter to this um now i'm in a more comfortable point in my life it's easier for me to be healthy and take care of myself and go to therapy and do men's work or whatever it may be when i was broken living on the streets and no home and all this shit it was not easy to be healthy so i've been thinking about like maybe some sometimes like health is um, a little bit of a privilege, man. Disagree. Uh, and not entirely. Like, you make legit points. And it is easier, especially what... I think you're just thinking of slightly different thing. Health care is certainly more accessible and easier. And even health care, like, expanding, if you want to include, like, say, being able to buy the food and supplements, you know, go shop at Whole Foods and, and get all the organic shit or whatever you you want there. But the basic level stuff is fucking free like i said my i think the easiest and probably the biggest impact thing on your health is just like getting outside in the sun and that's accessible to almost everyone even if you live in a shithole city somewhere you still find a place like it's the the very little things and it's shown for sure by the not only like every once in a while i love these videos you see like there's a lot of them in new york these guys who are definitely like borderline homeless old as shit but still in ridiculous shape when they're like 60 because they just do pull-ups all day oh, dude, and that like, like yeah exactly doing those the human flags yeah, yeah. yeah not uh not like recommending anyone go all no, in like yeah. that that's a, you're right, you're a right. little yeah. extreme but this is the other uh a more profound example and this it, it doesn't directly correlate but it does make a point the healthiest people by far are the the least financially and really like the the lowest levels of society the way it's normally looked at tribal societies are by far the healthiest like you look at the maasai in africa or some of those south american tribes 
living like that with what the rest of the world would consider dirt poor, they're the healthiest by far. It takes like very little financial capital. And that's not a direct ex- comparison because like if you're that level of poor and you live in Denver, yes, it's going to be much harder than in in Kenya where they they have a historical historical tradition of living like that and it's accessible to them, all those things. They learn it as, as small children, but it does make the point that it doesn't take any financial it doesn't take anything at all to to cover a lot of the basics and yeah i'm not talking about all the way down like if you you live in in america and you can't afford food yeah it's gonna be pretty hard to be healthy like i'm not trying to go that extreme but you see what i'm saying like the the small stuff like going for a walk doesn't cost shit bro yeah exactly and it i also and I, i i'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum as you as i feel like that shit is more likely to facilitate success as far as make someone feel better, more motivated, really just make them smarter or make them like a yeah more functional, intelligent human if they check some like very basic little boxes. And like said, there's a time and place too. Like I, I'm not I'm not against people sacrificing some health for their career or their family or whatever. I think in general you can probably cover a lot of it, but that's totally legit. If someone wants to say work their ass off in an office for 10 years and retire when they're they're 40 like do your thing but like i said if your health is fucked when you're retired it's not going to be that great and there's uh, a lot of things you can come back from but it's hard to regain like the really basic stuff fully like i said if you you really fucked yourself up as your your basic physical health you can kind of get back to it it's always going to nag at you yeah i dig that man cool so i think that's it we're done here um we'll see you next time you got anything else you want to chat about before we get out of here no just uh every time i'm i've jumped on it's been a couple over the the last few years of our friendship i appreciate you appreciate the the talks we can have on here and i appreciate the fuck out of anyone listening and commenting on it yeah i appreciate you too brother i think these talks are really awesome um Thank y'all in chat. Yeah, we had a bunch of people swing by today. It's very cool. Yeah, we'll keep doing these periodically. Again, these are like our meetings of the minds kind of segment. This is the third one. Probably the best one yet, I think. It felt like it anyways. We'll see. In post-production, right? Um, if you guys can do me a big favor, and I put a, just a ton of work into the YouTube videos, man. If you can go check those out, youtube.com slash curly J, that was one. And just like subscribe and like some of those. It would be very helpful. Um put a ton of work into that past couple of weeks. I think there's like 10 new videos up, some trailers, some cool things. Um but yeah, that would be amazing. I don't usually ask for stuff like that, but I wanted to make you aware that we're putting out videos there. So this will be up there. This will be in our podcast too. If you're not aware of that, there's a Curly J's Audio Waves podcast on all the podcast things where you can listen to all our weekly talks on the more long form discussion. YouTube videos are going to be a lot more cut down. Just kind of highlighty of what we've been going on here. Um, No stream tomorrow. Again, we're just the art stream stuff is kind of scuffed right now. So we'll be back. 
I'm going to paint tomorrow, but we'll be back next Saturday uh, for another discussion and more live streaming stuff. Um, yeah, very grateful. Thanks for coming by, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thank you for everyone listening. We'll uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. All right. Much love, much love. Peace, peace, peace.